to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. We have a really special guest on the podcast today. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. Our guest is here to talk about something wonderful that the Almighty is doing around the world. Let's talk about it. If you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com. On Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our listeners in Indiana and India. Listen out for Red Pill Torah on a radio station near you. Our guest for the next couple of podcasts is Dr. Rivka Lambert Adler. Miss will introduce her shortly. She's very personable and very accomplished. I agree, Daddy. She insisted that we call her Rivka. The doctor part comes across in her body of work. It was really interesting to find out that before Rivka and her family moved to Israel, we were practically neighbors. You know, the world is truly small and getting smaller all the time. But it's a great blessing to know Rivka. I agree. And our listeners are in for a great treat. This episode will be longer than our usual 15 minutes, but it won't feel that way at all. Tim, let's roll that tape. All right. So we are on the line with Dr. Rivka Lambert Adler, a very special guest today. And we're so pleased to have Rivka on the line. Rivka, how are you today? I am just great. Thank you so much. So nice to be with you. We are so glad to have you here. Um, Based on our conversation just a little earlier, you shared with us that you're a wife, a mother, a grandmother, a journalist, an editor, and a Torah teacher. And you have your own internet class, I guess, called Torah School for the Nations. Is all that correct? Well, the Torah School for the Nations was actually live in Israel. We'll talk about that a little later, but it's not online. Oh, oh okay. okay I thought goodness. I'd seen something um, online. Okay, well, that's great. We'd love to hear more about that. That's for sure. But um, we appreciate you coming on with us, and uh, we'd love to hear more about uh, your experience, your spiritual awakening, and what your spiritual journey has been. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm very pleased that you actually have the time to talk to us with all those roles. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> I could imagine you don't have well, a whole t- lot of free time. <laughs> Uh, and as you mentioned, when, when we just met, this is like, there's a lot of holidays coming up. Um, we're in a very busy time of year in the, in the Jewish calendar. But um, I have such a passion for what you're doing and what uh, the work that I do is so parallel. I'm so excited to talk to you. But let me, let me answer the question about my own spiritual awakening, spiritual journey, because I think my answer is going to be different from other people that you've interviewed in that I I am not, and I've never been a Christian of any kind. Mm -hmm. I was born into a secular Jewish family, and in my early 20s, I started having my own journey to Torah, which developed slowly over many years. But today, I identify as an Orthodox Jewish woman. I am a rabbi's wife. I live in Israel. Uh, since 2010, I grew up in America, and my my spiritual journey over the last, well, since 2014, I would say, includes 
what I understand very differently than I did in the beginning. And that is what am I as a Jew and what are the Jewish people obligated for, obligated to in terms of the rest of the world. So that is where I think our paths overlap. And um, that has been a total different way of learning Torah, understanding that embedded in the Torah, God gave instructions to the Jewish people for what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to behave and what kind of relationships we're supposed to build with the rest of the world. And it's a, it's a responsibility that I understand much more deeply now than I did even 10 years ago. And, and it's something that I'm very, very passionate about. So you probably are familiar with the term um, light to the nations, what we say in Hebrew, or Lagoim. And um, later on, I'll tell you more about that. But that has really energized and recharged my own spiritual journey. In addition, moving to Israel has also opened up many, many pathways. Like the, the Torah is an endlessly deep and complicated field of study and there are many different ways that people approach it Mm -hmm. and when i lived in america the community that i came from uh, most people approached it in a certain way and when i when i came to israel i discovered oh there's so many doors we say that um shivim panim la torah the torah has 70 faces and my way in the way that nurtures me as an individual has changed since i've come to israel and had access to other kinds of other kinds of Torah. So it's mm-hmm. constantly growing. And I, I hope that will be continue to be true for my whole the rest of my life. Amen. You know, if I might say, uh, we've read the scripture about the Jewish people being called to be a light to the nations. And honestly, I, I would say that uh, we've met some Jewish people who, while they support that scripture, I guess our interpretation is uh, not being born Jewish to our knowledge. I'll speak for myself. My understanding was that that light for the nations was for us to look over there, but that the Torah maybe didn't have anything to do with us because we weren't born Jewish. So the the outcome of seeing that light is for us to come over and admire, but to not adopt any of those ways. So very interesting to hear an Orthodox Jewish teacher describe being a light to the nations in a different way. And I did pick up on that 70 faces of the Torah, 70 nations. So I would love to hear more about that if there's something there too, but please go ahead. I want to say that I used to think, I've always heard this idea of uh, Jews are, are supposed to be a light to the nations. Here's what I always thought it meant. I always thought it meant we're supposed to all go back to Israel, create like a perfect society based on Torah and the rest of the world would admire it so much that they would want to emulate it. They would want to be like that. And that's what I believed for many, many years. But then when I started to become sensitive to people like you and the, what I call the Torah awakening that's happening among the nations, I realized that actually it's a much more active role. And then I started looking in, in my own tradition and found verse after verse after verse that talks about how the entire world is supposed to come and worship the the one true God of the world and Mm -hmm. how Israel is supposed to welcome the people, the God-fearing people from the nations and how the Jews are actually, I used to think that the Torah belonged exclusively to the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you all have your 
whatever you have your holy books and this is ours and and i really believe that and i think most jews still believe that but what i have come to understand is that the torah itself tells us that there are there are teachings that are relevant for the entire world there are there is this again this goal of the universal worship of the of the god of israel the god of the bible and it's the jewish people's job to share that with the rest of the world now it's a little complicated because historically for the last let's say 2000 years it hasn't been safe for us to do that because of yeah yeah, the unfortunate history between the Christians and the Jews in the world, and and also the Muslims to some extent, but the Muslims usually just want to control us, not necessarily kill us. But anyway, mm. <laughs> uh, we are in a new time where this godly plan and purpose for the proper alignment of the Jewish people in the land of Israel with the rest of the world is just beginning to flower. And I feel a tremendous privilege and also responsibility that I see this, that, that Hashem has opened this vision to me to do whatever I can to make that happen. Now, we're not in the, in the, the fullness of it yet, and it's still kind of a messy interaction sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, there are still... There are still people from the Christian world who only interact with Jews when they think they have a chance to bring them into Christian belief. Mm -hmm. But I try, I try to, to interact with people that I sense genuinely want to hear what it, what the Jewish people understand about what God's truth is, what the Torah really says, how it relates to them, because there clearly are differences. And, um, and that is my, my deep, deep commitment and passion and privilege and um, and work. Well, that that's beautiful. That's a, an awesome life calling. So, how do you live that out? Well, on a number of levels. Uh, as a writer, I'll tell you. Here's what happened. I used to write for a publication called Israel 365, which is Israel 365 News is a it's a Jewish organization based in Israel, and they write stories of what's going on in Israel that that appear to be related to the fulfillment of biblical prophecy. Oh, wow. And, okay. and they write for primarily a, a Christian uh, Christian Zionist audience. Mm -hmm. So I was asked to write, this started again around 2014 uh, for this publication, and readers started reaching out to me saying, so, so at this time, I'm just like a vanilla Jew, you know, like, I don't know anything about this world, but I love Israel and, and I'm a writer. So I took on this responsibility, this, this position. And readers started to write to me and say, hey, we're coming to Israel because they are Christian Zionists. So they love the land and they, they visit. This is pre-COVID, obviously. Yes. And, yes. and they would say, we, we read some of your stuff. We'd love to meet you. So I started, my husband and I started meeting them. And they would tell me their stories of their Torah journeys, what I now call their walk with Torah. And I have to tell you, as a, as a Jew who had no idea what was going on out there, my mind was blown. I would hear people who were clearly coming from Christian backgrounds, not even interested in converting, but we're studying Hebrew, we're studying the Torah portion, we're 
abstaining from eating pork and shellfish, were observing the Sabbath in some way, were observing what they what they taught me. They call the biblical feasts, um, and and I found this fascinating because I thought these are like all Jew things. Mm-hmm. I had no idea, right? Mm-hmm. So. I thought, oh, man, I'll write an article about these people. So I posted something on Facebook. This goes back to like maybe 2017. I posted something on Facebook saying, hey, do you know anybody like this that I could interview? And I got all kinds of responses because it seemed like in my world, a lot of people, oh, I work with someone like that or my cousin is has a neighbor, whatever. I, I started hearing about this. And one of my mentors who has been working in Jewish Christian relations for many years said to me, I think this is bigger than an article. I think there's a book here. Oh, awesome. So, so it happens that Hashem blessed me with um, some major surgery. And during the recovery, I had time because I wasn't working. I had time to work on this book. So from the time I got the idea until the book was in my hands was six months, which is incredibly fast. Wow. The book um, was originally published in 2017, and I just released a a revised and expanded version. It's called 10 from the Nations, Torah Awakening Among Non-Jews. So one of the ways that this expresses itself in my life, one of the ways is that I write about it. Um, Another way that it expresses itself in my life is that when people on this journey come to Israel, I like to meet them. I will invite them to our home for a Shabbat experience or to sit in our sukkah, depending on what time of year, whatever, um, that, that they're here. I will teach them. I answer all through the year people that I've made contact with that don't have access to an Orthodox Jewish teacher will contact me with their questions. Hey, I was learning this. How do the Jews understand this? What does this word mean in Hebrew? Can you, you know, like that. And um, so it's, it has, it has opened my world so, so much wider. And I've made connections with so many people all over the world. I mean, largely in North America, because I'm an English speaker, mm-hmm. but um, but all over the world, people who are on this journey. So I published the book for two audiences. One is I wanted Jews, other Jews to know what's going on because it was such a surprise to me uh, that that there's this whole movement of this Torah awakening movement that most Jews have no clue about. That was number one. And number two, a lot of the people that I talked to, at least in the beginning, were feeling very isolated because they left their church, mm-hmm. they lost community, they lost friends, sometimes they lost family members, sometimes they lost a spouse, children, whatever, and they were they were trying to trying to be in alignment with God and it was very painful for them personally and I wanted to reassure them that they were not alone that something's going on in the world. You see it, I see it. Something is shifting and I wanted them to know that. So the book is about 40 stories of people coming from Christian backgrounds and they're not all in the same place. They don't all define themselves the same way, mm-hmm. but they are trying to figure out what relevance the Torah has for them. The other part of the book, which is much smaller is about a dozen Orthodox Jews like me who are willing to be in relationship with, with people who are looking for what is true and they tell their stories of um, of that. So that's ten from the nations. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. And it was a great book, too. We did uh, read a, a good bit of it. I'm not quite through my copy. Leslie, you might be. I'm close, yes. but not quite not quite done. Okay. It's an awesome book. Thank you. I like the idea of getting it out there to let other people know that you're not alone. I'm sure a lot of right. our listeners would love to, to read that as well. We'll give the information on how to get it uh, later in the our podcast. And I would love to encourage you to write a review on Amazon for me. That would be very helpful. Um, so what happened is after this book came out, I realized that there, there's another stage. And, and that other stage is educating the Jewish people about what is our responsibility. We spoke about this a little bit before. And so last year I published a second book called Lighting Up the Nations. And the subtitle is comes from, you know, the the idea of being a light to the nations, Jewish responsibility towards the nations today and in the Messianic era. And this book is really, it's an extension of that because I realized if people who are looking for what a deeper understanding of Torah and how that's relevant in their lives, however they define themselves, they need Jewish teachers and we need to heal this uh, historic break between our communities. And, um, and I had learned a lot more about the, this phenomenon in, you know, in the, the last couple of years. And so I wrote, I published lighting up the nations. Now I'm very excited because I'm, I started work on what is the next level, the next natural level, which is for me to actually teach. So in a, in a book. So what I, so what I decided to focus on and is um, women in Hebrew scriptures, the stories of women in Hebrew scriptures who were not born to the Israelite nation. Now, I know that people who come from a Bible background, they know a lot of these stories, but what they don't know and what I'm wanting to introduce to them is all of the Jewish tradition about these stories. Oh, wow. So they know, they know the basic Bible text, but they don't know, it, it serves the book serves to, will serve two purposes because it's I'm still working on it. But one is I think these these are interesting stories that don't get told enough, so I I want to highlight them. Mm-hmm. But also, I want to show how a little bit about how Jews study Bible because it's very different, um, and we go very very deep. And so I'm working on that also. So I would assume that uh, the story of Ruth is going to be one of the stories you capture. And yes, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping to put an image. It was tough to find a place to cut in. Come back next time for more of her story. What Rivka will share about Ruth is enough to make you want to buy her books right now. Rivka refers to a scripture that captures her life's work. We find it in Zechariah chapter 8. Reading from verse 20, it says... Adonai Tzivaot says, In the future, peoples and inhabitants of many cities will come. The inhabitants of one city will travel to another and say, We must go to ask Adonai's favor and consult Adonai Tzivaot. I'll go too. Yes, many peoples and powerful nations will come to consult Adonai Tzivaot in Jerusalem and to ask Adonai's favor. Adonai Tzivaot will say, when that time comes, ten men, speaking all the languages of the nations, will grab hold of the cloak of a Jew and say, We want to go with you, because we have heard that God is with you. It looks like that scripture is happening right before our eyes. Miss and I are living examples, 
and we've met believers from all around the world who have somehow discovered that the Torah is foundational and context for understanding the will of God and the rest of the Bible. So, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and seek to fit the scriptures into your preferences and perspectives? Or will you take the red pill and seek to understand the scriptures in the perspective in which they were given? Only you can answer that question. Rivka has more to share, so don't miss next week's podcast. Also, get a copy of her books called 1, 10 from the Nations, and 2, Lighting Up the Nations. The personal stories are captivating, and the book is part of a righteous dialogue between people who love the same God. Well, that's all we have time for today. Don't miss part two or next week, as Hashem will allow. Thanks for spending some time with us at Red Pill Torah, where you can handle the truth. truth.